The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 482. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yapchan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She's an actress and a singer based out of LA, and I'm just really excited to have her on and share her story with us today on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Brooke Ishibashi. Brooke, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to our listeners. Yeah, of course. I was going to say, I realized when people pronounce my last name that my we even, my family and I were even pronouncing our last name incorrectly all of our lives. So you said it like pretty much perfectly because it's supposed to be monosyllabic, you know, no no stress on the syllables. And I, I, I've just, it's taken me a long time to like figure out how to say it in the correct way. So I'm based in LA currently. I'm an actor and singer and I lived in New York for 11 years doing doing theater. So that's where I went to school, where I went to undergrad, studied theater. And I just stayed out in, in New York doing professional theater for 11 years and just recently moved back a couple years ago to LA where I was raised. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And Brooke, what's your cultural background? So I'm fourth generation Japanese American. So I'm Yonsei, what they call Yonsei. Uh, my grandparents were the generation that were interned during World War II in the internment camps in the in the states. Uh, so the that's the uh, Nisei generation. And my grandmother's 92. She's still incredibly healthy and vibrant. And she's the last of my remaining grandparents. And yeah, we we are Japanese American. My both of my parents are full are full blooded Japanese, as far as we know. And yeah, and my sisters and I, Brittany and Brianna, we're we're fourth generation Japanese. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And what would be your favorite self confidence quote? Oh gosh, there's a Martha Graham quote that always comes back to me because she talks about what it is to be an artist and to believe in yourself and to not doubt your talents or what you have what you have to offer. So it's Martha talking to Agnes DeMille, and it's, she says, there's a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that's translated through you into action. And because there's only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. And she says, there's no satisfaction whatever at any time. There's only a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. That That's always stayed with me because there will always be self-doubt. I think especially as an artist, as a woman, as a minority woman, there's there's a lot, I think, that becomes ingrained in our in our subconscious that, that makes you doubtful of your place in society, of your voice, and... Because I'm, I have always struggled with that self-doubt. It's important for me to remember that quote because it's more about what you have to offer and continuing to offer it up regardless of that doubt. You know what I mean? So that I just, I'm all about that quote. 
Awesome. And I love that quote. And it's so true, especially being a woman, especially being a woman of Asian descent. We're so great at, at being doubtful of ourselves, right? Not knowing if we're good enough or if we're worthy. But, you know, we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are because, you know, sometimes the universe or whoever you believe in life presents us with opportunities and we just have to go out there and get it, even if it's scary, even if we have no clue what's going to happen. Everything happens for a reason. So I really love that quote that you mentioned. And, you know, in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? In my in my own words, you know, I think self-confidence for me has come to mean I equate it with self-worth. So your belief in your own worth. And, you know, like we were saying, it's it's really challenging as an Asian American woman because there are many constructs that there are many constructs that build up to what the Asian American woman is in society. And I think you grow up fi- you grow up falling into in line with what those beliefs and perceptions about you are, and you start to take them on, and you start to believe that that's who you are. And a large part of this, the last couple of years for me, you know, turning thirty last year, this part of my life has been about breaking those constructs down for myself, and in a way, defying or rebelling against what it what it stereotypically means to be an Asian American woman. So I think self-confidence for me has been about learning what my self-worth is and learning what my value is and defining it for myself because it's been dictated my whole life what what that should be for me, especially especially being a- Asian American. And I've had to kind of redefine it. So I think self-confidence is, is more about defining who you are and valuing who you are and, and letting that be unique and singular to you. Thanks for sharing that. And I totally agree, you know, especially like you mentioned, being brought up to live a certain way, to be a certain way. If we go outside that, it's like we're not a good daughter or wife or sister, whatever it is. But, you know, I think a lot of people forget that that's just one way of living. And there's so many other ways, right? Like this world is limitless. And if we learn how to do it, that like you mentioned, learning to define who we are, what we like, what we don't like, what our strengths and weaknesses are, we can go out there and be, you know, more confident in ourselves and be our true selves. So I really love that you mentioned that. And, you know, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? I grew up as the youngest of three girls. We we come from an artist family. So like I said before, my, my grandparents were in the internment camps. My my whole family were all artists. So my my mother's mother, Mary, her name is Mary Kagayama Nomura. She was known as the songbird of Manzanar in the in the camps. She performed all, all the dances and she's still singing and performing and touring today. She kind of passed down the artistry blood. My mom's a singer. My dad and my mom met uh, in my dad's uh, soul R&B band in the 70s when my mom auditioned to be the lead singer. My dad's always been in music. He's been a concert promoter since we were children. So we grew up in entertainment and I think... I, I, I think growing up in a family like that, it, um, it it definitely conditioned it definitely conditioned my brain to to be a certain way. I think how I got into that was growing up like that. It definitely conditioned me to have a certain mentality. So I grew up with an artist family who was always conditioning me to think I can do whatever I want. You know, the sky's the limit because I had artist parents who encouraged their, their three daughters to be whatever we wanted to be. I think especially coming from Japanese Americans who'd been interned, you know, they were encouraging their kids to to have all of the opportunities they didn't have. And they were encouraging their kids to really shoot for the sky. So with that upbringing, it gave me almost a not a false sense of confidence, but it also it almost gave me a naive sense of, of confidence because for me, failure was never really an option. I just always assumed 
things were going to work out for me. So when I hit my first major roadblock when I was in New York and I was struggling as an actor and I was broke and, you know, I, I was going through failed relationships and, and really struggling, I think that was the first time it dawned on me that, oh my gosh, what if things never really work out for me? And when that happened, I think my self-confidence was shaken because I didn't understand. I didn't truly believe in my own value. I think I've been puffed up my entire life by people who love me. And, and when you, when you're, when you're surrounded by people who love you and are, and are constantly giving you praise, you never really get the chance to believe in it for yourself. So I had to figure that out for myself when I was in New York and I was pounding the pavement trying to get a job. I had to figure out what my value was. I had to figure that out through romantic relationships and partnerships. I had to figure that out with work relationships. I had to figure that out in terms of where I stood in the industry and where my place was in the industry when I was working in theater in New York. It was really hard for me because I didn't I didn't know what my own value and worth was yet because I, I'd never really had the chance to, to, to mine for that and really dig deep for that. So before I kind of had a, a turning point, before I, before I had that turning point, I was very doubtful because I didn't, it's almost like a hero's journey, you know, before the, the hero has their chance to prove themselves, they, they're incredibly doubtful because they don't know if they've really got the goods or the courage to back, to back it up and to, to really follow through. So I was just incredibly doubtful, incredibly doubtful and insecure and fearful. I think there was a lot of fear behind, behind everything for me. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, that's something we all go through, right? Hitting roadblocks. Sometimes we feel like it's the end of the world, like nothing else is good can happen to us. And, you know, sometimes failure is a great lesson learning that, you know, if we fall down, we just get back up, right? Sometimes it's not always easy. It doesn't always look pretty. But, you know, there is beauty in everything. And, you know, what was that point in your life when you realized, you know, you had, you know, that value and worth within you to go out there and, you know, be the person you are today? What was that aha moment? It was kind of a lot of things combined. It was it was a lot of factors that were compounded that that finally shook me up shook me up enough to the point where I was like, "Oh shit, you know, I got to I got I got to change things." It was a relationship that I had been in that really tested what I wanted and and really tested who I was because it was also around that age that like turning 30 where you really kind of figure out who you are and everything that you don't need more or less drops out of your life, even if you don't want it to. So it was that relationship. It was turning 30. It was moving out to LA. I'd been in in New York for 11 years and I moved out to New York to work on a TV show and I was recast on that TV show. And that was a huge shakeup for me because it was my first big TV job. And I was the lead on this NBC show and then everything just changed really quickly so that really shook me up too getting out of my comfort zone and moving out to LA where I had to start over again all of those things combined put me in a really really challenging place and it's been the past couple of years where I've really had to reformulate I've really had to rebuild my self-confidence because my whole world more or less got turned upside down. I, I broke up with my long-term boyfriend, all of those things. I had this huge shakeup and I felt like I was topsy-turvy. And it was a process of probably the last two years of rebuilding a foundation and rebuilding my confidence because it's it, it really, it really, really, all those things kind of crumbling really, really shook me up. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, there's that saying, sometimes things have to fall apart for, for something great to fall back in. I don't know if I said that right, but I, I hope, you know, our listeners understand what that means. You know, sometimes we feel like our life's, you know, like just going down the drain, right? We just don't know what's going on. We don't know if, 
you know, this is meant to be or, you know, if our life sucks at the moment or like, you know, it's like my world is just like you mentioned going upside down. But like you mentioned, right, even though all these things were happening, you went out there and just started rebuilding yourself. And I think people forget that they can do that. They can, you know, start from scratch, start a new a new chapter, a new path. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting over. Right. Sometimes we just need that fresh start or need to rebuild. And I think we should never be as scared of reinventing ourselves. We should never be as scared of starting over because for me, it was the analogy of the phoenix rising from the ashes. I was like, all right, what have you got? Like, you know, what else can you throw at me, world? Like, you know, I felt like I'd been through so much and I was, and I needed that, all of that pain and all that heartache and all of that strife in order to, to get stronger and to be able to to kind of shed a skin in a way. And like we were saying before about identity, shedding the skin of who you think you are or shedding the skin of who you were taught to be or who you who you kind of conditioned yourself to be so you can really emerge as who you who you really, really, really truly are down, down in the pit of your stomach. And sometimes that's not pretty, you know? It's like sometimes it's, you got to be okay with that, the, the shadow bits of yourself. You got to be okay with like the, the dark parts of yourself that you don't want to make friends with, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, it's and and sometimes those darkest moments can be also your brightest moments. And, you know, because of these things that happen to you, learning to rebuild your confidence, reinvent yourself, starting, you know, uh, you know, going back to the the basics or the foundation, what's your life been like now? Oh, gosh, you know, it's 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 almost like getting having your sea legs, you know, or or like a baby crawling. It's like crawling and learning to walk. I my older sister, Brittany, her baby is her baby. Lilia is gosh, a year, going to be a year in January. And I'm watching Lilia learn how to walk. And it's such a perfect analogy because she's, she's a really feisty little girl and she wants so badly to do what her two older cousins are doing. And which is exactly how I was with my two older sisters. When I was growing up, I wanted to catch up with them and I wanted to go faster than I was able to go. So watching Lilia has been a perfect analogy for me because she's standing up and she's trying to take steps, but she can't quite hold herself up and she can't run with her cousins yet. And I kind of feel like that. It's been very humbling because you have to remind yourself that maybe you're not ready to sprint yet. And if you sprint, maybe you're going to injure yourself. So I think because I know it's a long journey and it's a marathon, it's, you know, I have to remind myself to slow down. I have to remind myself to be patient with myself and be gentle with myself and be very diligent about self-care because I get so run down and you get really hard on yourself and then you get down on yourself. So in order to keep myself motivated and to keep myself encouraged to keep moving forward. It's a matter of remembering that they are truly baby steps because I'm very impatient. You know, I'm an Aries. I just like want to go, 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 go. And I want to be like 10 steps ahead already. So it's been a very humbling process now because I know that I'm miles ahead from where I was yesterday and a year ago and two years ago, but I'm still not where I quote unquote want to be. So I have to be incredibly patient and remember that each baby step is still a step forward, you know? And like you were saying, when you fall, you just have to get back up and keep showing up. And that's really all you can do. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I love how you mentioned, you know, even though you take baby steps, there's still steps forward. And I think people forget, you know, to celebrate those steps forward, no matter how big or small they are, every little bit counts, you know, and these little steps actually compound to a, you know, big results, right? And people for, people forget that. So, you know, I really love that you mentioned that. And, you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey of self-confidence. What would be that one tip you would give to her? Oh, gosh. I, I think it's about being loving with yourself 
you know, because you're, you're kind of all you got. Hopefully you have a network of, of supportive and loving friends and family, but you're really the only one who can hold yourself accountable. And you're really the only, you're, you wake up with yourself every day and you go to bed with yourself every day, you know, and you, and I, I think if you're kind and loving and patient and gentle and nurturing with yourself, it can only yield positive results because it's a really hard journey, our lives. It's 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 gonna have high highs and low lows. And I think if you can be kind to yourself and if you can express love towards yourself and and let that carry you through, I think it makes things a lot easier because then you're treating yourself the way you would treat a loved one. And I think we all deserve that. I think it makes things a lot easier. Awesome. Well, thanks for that tip. And that's so true, right? We have to learn to love ourselves first. I know sometimes it's easier said than done, but the more we keep doing it, the easier it does get. So thanks for sharing that. And if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Absolutely. You can, uh, I'm on Instagram. You can follow me uh, at Brookishibashi on, on Instagram. I also have a website. It's brookishibashi.com. And uh, I'm developing a show with my sisters, with Brittany and Brianna. We were writing a, a TV pilot called The Sisters Ishibashi and developing that with the brothers Rydell. Uh, so you can follow us on social media and learn more about that. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Brooke, you, you can also head on over to the TaoSelfConfidence.com and search for Brooke's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I just want to thank Brooke for taking the time to share her story and tips with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much, Brooke. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. It was really great having you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com to check out cool resources, blog articles, show recaps, and so much more. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.